Welcome to the sermons of Steve Galloway, pastor of First Baptist Church, Macon, Mississippi. Let us join together and study God's Word and apply it to our hearts so that we may learn His truths and live faithful, obedient lives. May God bless our time together. Let me invite you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're looking at verses 5 through 8. Continuing our study of the Sermon on the Mount and looking at this passage on prayer. Actually, it goes beyond this. We'll get to the Lord's Prayer next week. But allow me to read this passage, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they will be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father, who is in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Let's bow together in prayer. Dear Lord, this topic of prayer is so critical for us as your children. Lord, it's an area of our lives that we probably struggle the most with. Lord, I pray that you'll help us gain a clearer understanding of how you cherish the times that we come before you in prayer. And Lord, what we can receive by doing so. Help us, Lord, to not do uh, the act of prayer just as a simple act, something that we check off of our list. Lord, may it be a desire of our hearts to enter into a a time of close, intimate relationship with you. Lord, guide us as we study this passage on prayer. Help us, Lord, to understand how important it is for us as your children to spend time with you in prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Is there anything in the life of a Christian more important than prayer? Just ask yourself that question. Is there anything in life... To a Christian, more important than prayer. I'll be honest with you, there's times where, you know, a beautiful anthem is sung and it, it just draws you up to the throne of God and you just feel very close to God. There's times that I've heard a powerful personal testimony of how God's working in a person's life and it helps me to realize how near and how much God loves us. But there's one thing that uh, I think we need to bring closer to home is prayer. Because that is an intimate time with God. It's the closest we'll ever, ever be with our Lord. Prayer is uh, probably the most neglected area in the life of a Christian. We can have our little devotional time where we read a passage of Scripture and think about it and maybe read somebody else's take on how it should apply to our lives. We may even do a, uh, a good job of reading through the Bible, maybe a chapter at a time of passage at a time, go through books of the Bible, maybe even read the entire Bible in a year or two. Those are wonderful things, but if we're not spending time in prayer, we have missed the most valuable part of being a child of God, because we need that intimacy with God, not only so that we can share our petitions with Him, share our joys, share our frustrations, share all the different things in life, but so that we can hear Him 
through his spirit speaking to us, giving us his wisdom, his guidance. And so we need to pray. We need to pray publicly, just like I did a few minutes ago. There is nothing wrong with public prayer. We need to understand what it is. Corporate prayer is really the same prayer that I pray to God. Just use a few different words instead of, Lord, I pray that you'll forgive me of my sins. Lord, we forget, we ask that you forgive us of our sins. You just pray it in the plural. It's all that you're doing. You're still praying the same type of prayer. You're still petitioning God. You're still sharing your heart with God. But God loves private prayer, intimate prayer, times where we get along, alone, where we're not bothered, not distracted by other things. The only thing that distracts us then is the only thoughts in our own mind, and that's, sometimes that's pretty difficult. You know, we, we let our mind wander, and we struggle with that. But it takes practice, it takes exercise to overcome that, and the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Don't give up. Uh, but we see that there are times when there are some who enjoy praying publicly because they like to, for others to hear their voice. And they like for others to think that they just might be pretty religious and holy and pious and whatever else you want to see. But God just really wants us to be sincere. He really does not want us to have this rote memory prayer. Uh, I think every parent probably teaches their child, you know, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Things like that. That just helps the child to learn that we're talking to God and it's a simple way for them to get into the practice of talking to God. But that needs to elevate over time. We need to teach them how to just talk to God just like they're talking to us. And that's the way God wants us to communicate with Him. We don't need to just have this rote list of petitions that we pray each day and say, okay, I've done that, I've checked that off my list. We need to have this intimate connection with God. And so what we need to do is learn how to pray. Well, Jesus says in this fifth verse, when you pray. He didn't say if you pray. He says when you pray, which means that he expects us as his children to pray. And as his children, nothing is really more special to God than hearing our voice. And the unique thing is you don't even have to say your prayers out loud. He still hears you. He hears the heart. He knows exactly what's going on inside. But prayer is simply communing with God, communicating with God. It is as if he was sitting right beside me. And I've shared with this with you many times before. Not only is he this close, he's in us. His Holy Spirit dwells in us. So he, he knows what we're going through. He knows the burdens on our hearts. He knows the joys and the times that we want to just worship him and bow before his throne and praise. He also knows the petitions of our hearts. He gives us that opportunity to share the burdens on our hearts. He knows them already, but he loves for us to share them with him. That empowers God to work in our lives. So we look and we see that he takes the burdens of our hearts and helps us to realize we don't carry those burdens alone. Uh, the Bible says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Well, that's a part of prayer. That is bringing those burdens to God. It doesn't mean that he immediately takes all of it away and says, okay, you're free to go. Sometimes he leaves the burdens, but shows us how to deal with them. Do you all remember the, the Apostle Paul? 
He said he had this thorn in the flesh. We really don't know what it may have been. And he prayed several different times for God to take it away from him. But God refused to do so. Instead, God says, my grace is sufficient. I'll be your strength. I'll help you to deal with that burden, that thorn in the flesh, whatever it may be. But it's a reminder for you to be dependent on me. So prayer really shows that we are totally dependent on our Lord. So he says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Now, standing to pray, there is nothing wrong with standing to pray. I've done it two or three times already today. As a matter of fact, the New Testament Christians often stood when they prayed. So the act of standing to pray is not the problem. The problem is desiring to lead people in prayer simply so that you can be heard. And here's the picture. The scribes and the Pharisees love to be heard by men. And they love to be standing in the synagogue and to be called on to pray. And they would have a long, elaborate prayer. And they would enunciate all their syllables just right and get the inflections of their voice just right to draw the attention to themselves and not to God. And the Jews had three main times where they were expected to stop whatever they were doing during the day and pray. They were the third hour, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour, which basically is nine o'clock, noon, and three o'clock. And so wherever they were, whatever they were doing at those times, it was expected for them to pause and pray. Now, here's the situation. If you know what time prayer is expected, you can dictate where you're going to be at those times. You can say, well, the time of prayer is coming soon. I'm going to get alone. I'm going to get away from all the distractions so that I can pray to God without anything else going on. But the picture is that the scribes and the Pharisees, these, these religious leaders, they just always happened to be on the busiest intersection in town when it was time to pray. At least they kind of planned it that way. And then instead of just bowing and praying quietly to the Lord, they would get their voices really loud so that all around them could hear their elaborate prayers to God. Again, they were drawing attention to themselves and not to the Lord. Matter of fact, they were disrupting other people's prayers because they couldn't hear themselves pray because of this man speaking with a loud voice, making himself known to the crowd. Do you understand the difference? One is a motive to be seen and heard by men. The other is to have a quiet, intimate time with God. The audience is totally different. One, the audience is man. The other, the audience is God. And so we look and we see that God sees this as a hypocrite. Now, you don't have to stand on a street corner and pray aloud for all to see for you to be a hypocrite. Basically, it just comes down to motive. Why do you pray? And manner. How do you pray? Why you pray should simply be, I want to commune with God the one who loves me, the creator of this universe, the one who has this incredible desire to have me as his child. That's my only motive. 
the manner. Sometimes we have a very quick, powerful prayer because, Lord, I'm in a situation right now. I need you to work in my life. And we just trust God. Short, powerful prayer. Other times we get alone in our quiet place where we say, Lord, I don't want to leave this place until I have really heard from you. On the back of your bulletin, I asked Wendy if I could share uh, a little thing this week. And it's entitled, Pray Until You Pray. That sounds weird, doesn't it? You would think that as soon as you bow your head and start saying, Lord, I come to you today, that you're praying. Well, not necessarily. Sometimes we have to go through a lot before our mind settles that we're actually communing with God. And to pray until you pray basically means finding that part of prayer where you've gotten past the, the rote stuff. We all do it. I do it. We all do it. Where we have kind of the, the traditional things we always pray for. We pray for family members. We pray for this, this, and this. And we finally stop and say, God, you've heard from me. Now it's time for me to hear from you. Let me get quiet. Let me get to where my spirit is ready to hear from you. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I have never heard an audible voice of God. But I have heard his spirit very clearly in my heart. And that's really what I'm talking about. I think that's what the author here was talking about. Is having that time where God truly is able to communicate with us. And he ends it, if we're, uh, if we're not careful, we're like that nasty little boy who rings the front doorbell and runs away before anybody has a chance to answer it. How many times has God felt that way with us when we pray? We, we blurt out these prayers and God finally says, okay, now it's my turn to answer the door and talk to you, but you're gone. Uh, if we're not careful, that can be our manner of prayer. So when you pray... We are to pray with the right motive, with the right manner. But he's saying for the hypocrites, the way that they have their prayer time, the way that they're drawing attention from men, well, they're going to get their reward from man. He basically says that at the end of verse 5. Truly I say to you, you, they have their reward in full. They've got their attention from man, and that's the only reward they're going to get. If somebody says, wow, what a prayer. That was awesome. I wish I could pray like that. Well, they've just gotten their only reward because God's not going to reward that hypocritical mindset and heart. Then he goes into verse 6, but you, when you pray. In other words, he's, he's saying, okay, we're talking about them, those out there that don't pray correctly, that are hypocritical in their prayer. But now Jesus is looking at us, looking at me, looking at you and saying, you, when you pray, go into an inner room. When you pray, if you pray in public, do it with the right heart, with the right spirit. You're talking to God, not to other people. And don't use the repetitions. Don't use all the different things you know, that everybody else uses. Next week, we're going to get to what we call the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer. I would imagine probably just about everyone in here could probably quote the Lord's Prayer. We always get struggle with, do we say our trespasses or our sin? You know, we, you know, we, we got to find which, which word we're going to use there. But if we're not careful, we use prayers like that, which the Lord Jesus taught us. 
as the only prayers that we're comfortable praying. We need to develop a stronger prayer life. Corporate prayer is simply using the word our, and Jesus taught us to do that in the model prayer. Our Father, plural, that is corporate prayer. But we're not just to simply quote that prayer over and over. Instead, we're supposed to find that intimate place to be with God. Now it says, enter into your inner room. Well, there is no evidence that Jesus ever went into an inner room when he prayed. The only times that we have recorded when Jesus prayed, he got up early and went on to the hillside or down to the shore. And he got away from other people so that he could pray. And that's the picture that this is showing. We just simply need to find a place that's away from the traffic, away from the noise, away from the distractions, a place where we can call our own for prayer. So it's an intimate area of life. Um, Y'all know that I I read A.W. Tozer quite a bit. I've read a little bit about his biography, and he actually would go down in the basement behind the furnace, and he had a table and a little chair, and that was his quiet place. He said, you know, the furnace would turn on and turn off. He got to where that didn't bother him anymore. That was really the only sound that he ever heard. But that was his quiet place. That was his inner room. Now, I'm not saying that you need to actually find a closet and clean it out and put you a little table and chair in there for your prayer time. I don't think that's necessary. But you do need to find that time and that place where you can be uninterrupted with God. That's really what Jesus is talking about. When you pray, go into the inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. When we share our heart's burdens with God, it needs to be done in secret. It's not something that we're broadcasting for others to hear. It is simply what is on our heart that we feel that we have a burden to share with God. We share it with God because guess what? He's the only one that can help us with our burdens. We may have some really good friends that we call prayer warriors, and there's nothing wrong with having a good prayer warrior where you can share what you're praying for and you can pray for each other. That is powerful. But there, that cannot replace having that intimate time with God. He says, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So that means that when we offer a prayer to God, we share a burden on our heart that God's just immediately going to make that burden disappear. It doesn't work that way. But God makes his presence known in our lives. He fills us with the power of his spirit. And he shows us that he, through his spirit, can work in and through us to deal with whatever it is that we feel as a burden. The burden may never truly disappear. I know my parents, with their health issues and things like that, we pray often that God would just heal them of those. It never happened. But his grace was sufficient. And it is sufficient, no matter what you're going through today. God does hear our prayers, and he shows his love to us as his reward. He shows his presence to us. He shows his strength, his power, his compassion. All these things he shows to us as our reward for our time spent with him in prayer. So we are to have that intimate time with God. 
however it works best for you. I wish we had uh, like a little nature path or something like that where I could just get off and just get down the woods and be alone with God. I think that would be a a great place for me. Uh, Basically, mine is in in a chair behind the computer desk. I just shut everything down, and that's my time of prayer. Susan's gone to work. I'm working from home, and that's an intimate time that I have with God. Whatever works for you, do it. If it means, you know, find a time where the family's gone, do it. If it means getting away from the family, do it. Whatever you need to do, have that intimate time with God. That is the most rich time that you will ever have during your day is your time with God. Then in verse 7 he says, And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Now the Jews actually had quite a few prayers that they would pray by memory, by rote memory. One of them was the Shema, which is basically Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Sometimes they would even add some more. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That was a prayer that they would pray pretty much every time that they would pray. I was not real familiar with this, but there is also another prayer that they would have. is the Shemona Israel. And it's basically an 18-line prayer that had different aspects of their relationship with God. And they had those also under rote memory where they would go through them one by one. And unfortunately, by doing this, it's almost like, okay, check mark, check mark, did it, done. If we have rote memory type prayers where if we pray the same thing every time that we pray, then it becomes so monotonous that we really don't even mean the words. It's just something that flows out of our mouths and we're not even stopping to think, what does this mean? Am I really praying? Am I really connecting with God? And am I really listening for a response from God through His Spirit? Now, the pagan religions did this often. If you remember, uh, Elijah had a battle with the prophets of Baal. Basically, they challenged each other. Elijah says, I believe that my God can light a fire to, to light this altar. And the prophet's bell said, oh, we can do that as well. <laughs> Elijah took the wood, built a trench, filled it up with water, doused everything with water, and then waited on the prophets of Baal to call down fire from their God. They prayed from morning till midday. They prayed the same thing over and over and over. (laughs) Elijah says, you know, you're praying. Maybe your God's deaf. Maybe he's hard of hearing. Maybe you need to pray a little louder. And so they started praying louder and louder and louder. But they're just praying the same thing. Well, they didn't truly have a God to answer their prayer. But when Elijah prayed, fire came from heaven and lit and consumed Not only the altar, but even the water around the altar. That's prayer. He didn't pray a repetition prayer. The prophets of Baal did. But Christians today are prone to pray the same thing day after day after day. It becomes so monotonous, it becomes so unmeaningful 
that they're really not getting anything from it. God's really not even listening because it's not coming from the heart. It's just coming from a little quarter of your mind that's got it memorized. If we're not careful, we can even use the Lord's Prayer that way corporately where it becomes so repetitious that it really loses its meaning. Verse 8 says that God knows. So do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. If God, and He does know, if God knows our needs before we even ask, and He does know that, then why do we even need to ask? Have you ever asked yourself that? What well, God knows? Why do I need to spend all this time in prayer if He already knows what my need is? If He knows what the situation around the world is? If He already knows this, why do I need to pray? Do I need to pray for Ukraine? Do I need to pray for my next door neighbor? Do I need to pray for this church? Do I need to pray for the needs of a, of a friend of mine? If God already knows, why do I even need to pray? Well, our little finite minds cannot fully understand the mind of God. But He desires to hear from us. He desires to have a relationship with us. And that relationship is not just because He can pinpoint, understand exactly what's going on in our finite mind and in our heart. He does know all that. But that's not enough for God. He wants to hear our heart. He wants to hear us praying to Him. So by doing so, we're showing our, number one, dependence on Him and not ourselves. See, if we don't share our prayers with God, we just kind of think, well, if I just keep doing good things, then maybe God's going to bless me. Well, that's, that's earning your salvation. That's not biblical. So we're showing our dependence on God that He will be the one to work in and through us to do His will. Not only does it show our dependence, but by doing so, we're showing that we are not taking Him or His mercy and grace for granted. God pours out His mercy and grace on us as His children. He loves us. He does not want us to die eternally. He wants us to be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And He wants to show us each and every day that He continues to pour out His mercy and grace. To not give us what we deserve, but to give us what we don't deserve. His love, compassion, His mercy, His grace. And so prayer to God helps us to not take that for granted. Also by praying, we're developing an intimate relationship with the one who loves us more than we can possibly imagine. Now, no one loves me more than God. Susan and I have a great relationship, but nobody loves me more than God. See, she can't die for me. She can't send her son to die for me. She cannot do what God does for me. Only God can do what God can do. And we need to be fully dependent on Him and to see how much He really loves us. And our time of prayer will show that. Because if we have this desire to worship God when we pray, it is showing Him our praise of who He is in our life. That He is Savior. He is Lord. He is our rock. He is our fortress. He is all these wonderful things in our lives. And then... As we get through worshiping Him, then we're ready to share the burdens of our hearts. As we share the burdens of our hearts, we feel that yoke 
where Jesus says, Come to me who are all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Well, when we take his yoke, then we are then yoked with the Lord, and he will guide us in the right paths. He will show us the steps to take, the words to say, the things to do that are right in his will. So we see that uh, by doing so, we also learn not only to express our needs, but to hear from God. That means that we pray until we pray. That means we pray until we have emptied ourselves and we're ready to be filled back up with the Spirit of God. And then He speaks to our hearts. He gives us that wisdom, guidance, knowledge, understanding that we need to make the right decisions in everything that we say, everything that we do, everything that we think, everything that we desire. He is now in control of all those things. So even though God knows our hearts, He knows our needs, He still wants us to pray. Remember, when you pray. Not if you pray, but when you pray. So just kind of bringing all this together. What is our goal when we pray? What are we wanting to get out of prayer? Is it just that little short time with God where we say, God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need it pretty quick. And then we say amen and head out the door or on to whatever else we want to do. Is that our goal? Or is our goal, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to draw draw closer to you each and every day. Lord, you are an awesome and mighty and wonderful God, and I want to worship you first. I want to praise your holy name. And as you have your time of worship, and I, I... on Wednesdays, uh, we went through a time of studying prayer. And I even handed out some of our old hymnals. And from time to time, I'll pick up one of those hymnals. And I'll thumb through and find just a wonderful praise song. And in my own heart, I'll just read those words and sing that praise to the Lord. That's a wonderful way of praising God in your prayer. Did you know it's okay to pray with your eyes open? You can do that. I'll give you permission. God does too. You can pray with your eyes open while you're reading that wonderful praise chorus to him. Then when you're through with your time of praise and adoration to God, then you can begin to share the burdens of your heart. He already knows, but he wants to hear the burden. He wants to see that it's truly affecting you and that you want him to be the answer to those burdens. Then as you share those burdens, thank him for the ways that he has already blessed you all the many answers to prayers that he has already given to you. Give him thanks for that. And then, listen. Listen. This takes practice. It takes doing it over and over again. If you're like many, that's usually the time that you end up taking a little nap. Let's just be honest. When you get quiet and still and you're not talking and your brain's not engaging in what you want to say, sometimes you just kind of shut down. God knows. But as you do it more and more and you say, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want you to give me the guidance that I need for my life today. As time goes along, you will start feeling in your heart the Holy Spirit working. And he will give you the thoughts and the understanding of what you need to do in obedience to God. That's what prayer is all about. And Jesus is just saying, 
Listen, prayer is serious. Don't be like the hypocrites who stand and draw attention to themselves and they may sound good, their words may be wonderful, but the goal, the aim, the targeted audience is man instead of God. Instead, get alone where you can have that intimate relationship with God and practice and work at it and say, Lord, I'm not leaving until I have prayed. Pray until you pray. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, your word on prayer today, Lord, convicts me. And Lord, I believe it's probably convicting many others that we're not praying the way that you desire us to pray. Lord, it's not that we're trying to be a hypocrite and draw attention to ourselves. We're just not getting alone with you. We're not spending the time, the quality of time of getting intimate with you. Where we truly sense your presence and we hear your spirit giving us wisdom and guidance to know how to live. Help us, Lord, to live in a way and pray in a way that draws us closer to you, helps us to gain a greater understanding of your will for our lives, and, Lord, that helps us to have a faith and an assurance that you are there with us and that you will guide us to know how to deal with the burdens of our hearts. Lord, as we share the needs around us, Lord, help us to know that sometimes you will use us to help meet the needs around us. Other times you will work in other ways. Lord, help us just find trust in you. That as we pray, that your will will be done through us, through the means of other Christians. Lord, thank you for the privilege of prayer. Help us, Lord, to take it seriously. Help us, Lord, to never do it in a flippant manner. Help us to get away from the routine prayers that we're so accustomed to do. Lord, help us just simply bow before you in praise and adoration and then share the burdens of our hearts. Help us to always be mindful to give you thanks for what you have already done. And Lord, then help us to listen. May we be found faithful to you, to your word and your will for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.